getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com/rebates. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, a little bit late tonight, but we're live. Yeah, that's right. Blame Zach. We're letting this thing breathe for a second, and then we're going to dive in, make sure our stream is nice and beautiful for you. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast, presented as always by Mile High Huddle and powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, as always, my partner in crime. You know him, you love him, even when he's running late. He <laughs> is Zach Kelberman. How you doing out there, brother? I'm good. I'm sorry for the uh, the lateness, and I have my late pass in hand, and uh, I'm excited, Chad. It's our mailbag. It's our Thursday night. Uh, hopefully, you guys forgive me and ready to dive into some um, hard-hitting questions about the Broncos. We have some topics we want to get into, so it's going to be exciting. Absolutely. Before we dive in, and for what it's worth, we've had a lot of people reach out to us to let us know that when we talk about a certain subject, certain social media channels, they uh, bury our content or they don't show it to all of our subscribers or followers. And so, as you guys know, last night we ran a fundraiser that was the the fans in the community were the impetus behind that. We matched all the super chats 100%, made a donation to a specific foundation today. And as you can see on the screen right here, guys, this is what was raised between what you guys put in and our half as well. And I just wanted to tip my cap to everybody. Again, we're not going to use a specific word because we think it will limit the reach of this particular video on our social media channels. But Zach, it was, uh, you know, as always, our fan base often renders us speechless. And last night was no exception. It's just great to know that we could make a, you know, make an impact, help out this situation uh and again hat tip to our our awesome listeners yeah i give you guys a big round of applause you guys stepped up and blew me personally the hell away with your generosity and your openness and your you know your kindness to donate to this cause and we definitely everyone appreciates it the world thanks you and hopefully we made it a better place for those afflicted and those treating the afflicted guys we uh as you know this is our favorite episode of the week it is the mile high mailbag 
Zach and I are your football priests, and each and every week we're here to offer you the absolution and answers to your burning Broncos questions. And we're going to get to those here in just one second. First, just a couple of, I promise you, really quick matters of business. Make sure you are following the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. That's how you keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. And while you're at it, also make sure you're following the mother account at Mile High Huddle. Stay plugged into all things Broncos in real time, breaking news, analysis, draft, you name it. Take care of that business. And also, one little reminder, guys, while I'm while I'm on this subject, head on over to huddleuppod.com. That's our merch store. Get yourself one of these hats. Get yourself a, a hoodie. Get yourself a there's other hats. There's a dad hat. There's different shirt options, male, female, whatever your fancy is. If you head on over to huddleuppod.com, I'm putting the link in the stream right now. You get what you like, what, uh, you know, rock it, support the cause, whatever. It's an organic way to support what we're doing here. And it only exists because you guys demanded it. We delivered it. And I'm just pointing your point, uh, pointing you in the right direction. This is the overtime podcast network. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Every night, local police departments across America receive hundreds of calls from burglar alarms. The vast majority of the time, they have no idea whether the alarm is real. Is there really a crime going on or not? All the alarm company can tell them is the motion sensor went off. Simply Safe Home Security, though, is different. If you're like me and you're one of those guys who's hypersensitive to every single sound and is tired of having to sleep with a knife under your bed, Simply Safe is the solution. If there's a break-in, Simply Safe uses real video evidence to give police an eyewitness account of the crime. That means police dispatch up to 350% faster than for a normal burglar alarm. You get comprehensive protection for your entire home. Outdoor cameras and doorbells alert you to anyone approaching your home. Entry motion and glass break sensors guard inside. Plus, Simply Safe protects your home from fires, water damage, and carbon monoxide poisoning. It's 24-7 monitoring by live security professionals. You can set up your system yourself, no tools are needed, or Simply Safe can do it for you. And it's only 50 cents a day. That's peace of mind with no contracts. 
Visit simplysafe.com slash overtime and you'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You've got nothing to lose. Go now and be sure you go to simplysafe.com slash overtime so they know that our show sent you. That's simplysafe.com slash overtime. All right, Zach, before we get to what's on the minds of our phenomenal listeners, the best fan base in all of professional sports, I wanted to see and actually get your take on something that Jeff Driscoll had to say today. Now, of course, Jeff Driscoll is a veteran quarterback that the Broncos signed uh, in free agency two years. Uh, I can't even remember. It was like $5 million bucks, $2 million and change per year, basically, that he's going to make these next two seasons. Well, they finally got him to sign on the line that is dotted. Of course, there's delay on these things right now because of what's going on uh, across the country. But he finally signed, got his contract, got his playbook, had a conference call with local media. And I want to grab a quote that he talked about that I think is kind of interesting in terms of the dynamic and the <clears throat> the relationship that could be brewing between he and Drew Locke. He was asked directly if he has talked to Drew Locke and whether Driscoll thinks he'll be able to help him the most. And here's his answer, Zach. I want to get your thoughts on it. He says, quote, this is Driscoll. <clears throat> Locke actually reached out to me right when I had signed, which I thought was really classy and just a really cool kind of icebreaker to get to know each other just a little bit as much as you can over the phone or text or whatever. I don't know much about him, except I've seen him play a few times. I know he's a really good player with a lot of upside. I'm looking forward to working with him and helping him out in any way that I can, not just helping him, but helping all my teammates and doing whatever I can to help our organization win games close quote Zach Drew Locke as soon as he heard the Broncos signed him reached out to Jeff Driscoll your thoughts love it true franchise quarterback quality Chad and it's something that Joe Flacco publicly had no interest in doing and is being a mentor and the fact that he already reached out took it upon himself didn't do it for publicity didn't put it out there we didn't know about this until Jeff Driscoll actually said it so I love that Locke is picking the brain of Peyton Manning I love that he's reaching out to his new teammates he has taken the bull by the horns and has run with it he is the true face of this franchise already going into his second year and I cannot wait to see how that comes out on the field Chad I cannot wait to see how his teammates rally around him on the field and how it translates to victories this coming season. It's really cool, man. Every new addition that's come in uh, when they've finally been able to speak publicly, the first thing they talk about when they're asked about what drew them to Denver is Drew Locke is the first name that gets mentioned. Then, of course, they you know all genuflect to John Elway and the great tradition of the Broncos, like every new acquisition is going to do. But it's really cool to see Drew Locke's legend reputation, whatever, growing in the NFL. And again, you know, I did a hit today, a, a video hit with uh, Sports Illustrated from uh, the, the corporate office, the main studio in New York. And they wanted to talk about this. And we'll post the video. It'll be up at milehighhuddle.com. You guys can check it out sometime. But they wanted to know what my take was on the Broncos opening up as, you know, you know the over-under being seven and a half wins for 2020. And I explained to them, Zach, you got to remember, I said, it's nine, nine, nine wins are bust. And I said, you got to remember, Drew Locke from week 13 to the end of the season, <clears throat> Drew Locke stepped in to start. This is something some national people forget. Started the final five games, led the Broncos to a four and one finish. That's not nothing. That's something that this team has real momentum as a result of. And going into this next season, Zach, I'm, I'm really excited to see where it goes. And Driscoll, since we're on the topic, you know, he's a fail safe and he's what, what, modest NFL experience he has, he'll pass that on to Drew Locke. 
Man, I hope you tore that prediction to shreds, though, Chad. I mean, the seven and a half when the Broncos won seven games and they had Flacco starting for eight of those games and Locke went four and one. Not just that he went four and one either, but he beat two quality opponents of those four in the uh, Texans and the Chargers as well. So it's it's really a, a positive affirmation of what Drew Locke can be both on the field and off of it. And I like the Driscoll addition because you have a guy who's willing to learn. You have a guy who's willing to teach. You have a guy willing to be a good teammate. And he's nondescript as they come. He's a jag, but he's still able to step in. He can start. He can be, you know, take some reps if need be. I like the addition for so many ways, but I like it more for how it's bringing Drew Locke to the forefront as the Broncos franchise quarterback. It's, it's exciting to see. Let's start getting to some of these questions. And real quick, a hello and a mile high salute to those of you who were hanging out in the room before we went live. Stu, Ronaldo, Big Daddy Kane's good to see you, James. Flippant Booch, Jordan, what's up? All you guys, Justin, what's going on? Martin, Kristen, it's good to have you in the room. Let's see here. Now, just because I know how this goes sometimes, I'm going to jump ahead and then we'll circle back because we don't want to lose our awesome Super Chats. Justin jumps in, Super Chat Superstar, with a $10 donation. Appreciate you, Justin. Justin. He says, this is for you, uh, and don't worry, bro. Things get better. We stick together as a true fan base. Honestly, I really believe that's going to happen again. We have to be super careful. What we've learned in the last, well, this week in terms of metrics with social media is we have to be really careful the topics we talk about. We all know what's plaguing us right now as far as, uh, you know, what's what's hurting the United States and the world, the Western, all the world. We can't, we're not going to name it, but from what I've been paying attention to and the stats and what the uh, CDC has been saying, uh, these, these task force meetings that have been happening, things are turning. So guys just uh, hang in there a little bit longer with this thing. It's about to break. And uh, I promise you, it's going to get better. That's, that's a fact. Let's grab Ronnie here. What do you expect the one, two punch will be like with Lindsay and a Melvin Gordon backfield Zach? <laughs> Well, apparently, based on NFL Network's James Palmer, he reported today that Melvin Gordon is expected to become the bell cow in the Broncos offense. And you guys know how I feel about Melvin Gordon, so I'm not thrilled about that. I don't want to take Phillip Lindsay off the field, take his playmaking ability off the field in favor of a guy who has durability issues and fumbling issues. I'm still not a fan of it, but, you know, if it makes the Broncos a better offense, it makes them a more dynamic offense, if it helps Drew Lockout, I can get on board. I still think, though, Lindsey should be the 1A and Gordon the 1B. I don't even think there should be a 1A and 1B, but that's another story for another day. I like it theoretically, but I'm not willing to sign off until I see it in action, in practicality, in real life. One of our Super Chat superstars on Mount Rushmore Uh, of Mile High Huddle, Ed, some bad news with what's going on at work. Our uh, thoughts and our prayers are with you, my friend. Just stay positive. I know that's hard to do at this time, but and know what resources are available to you out there. That bill that just got passed is designed specifically to help those who are exactly in your situation. So make sure you file with what needs to be filed and and get that ball rolling. Just a reminder, I'm sure you don't need me to tell you that, but our thoughts and prayers are with you, my friend. And don't worry about Super Chat. It's all good, brother. Uh, James changing his handle, coming in with a $2 donation. Appreciate you, bro. He says, let it breathe. Change my name, not James anymore. All right. Well, I wonder what your real name is, dude. I don't think it's James uh, or DeWalter, right? Um, let's see what else we've got here, guys. Bear with me. have to scroll a little bit. Grab Glenn. Jumping in. $10 donation. Super you, chat. Glenn. Superstar. Appreciate you, Glenn. He says, I'm with you, Justin, for Ed and his amazing support of the pod. Yeah. Yes, indeed. And now that makes sense because I jumped over 
Ed, and he's saying, this is for you, Ed. Don't worry, bro. Okay, I got you. Yeah, our thoughts are are with you, Ed. Seriously, man, you're a big part of this community. And, uh, you know, we'll be here for you. If there's anything we can do, reach out and let us know. And you have a great supporting uh, support system here in this community. So anything we can do, we're here for you, my friend. And Glenn, thank you. That's, uh, that's awesome. Let's see what Mile High 6 Sports has to say. He says, I think Jeff Driscoll is the opposite. Joe Flacco, a guy opposite of Joe Flacco, a guy who would like to teach Drew Locke instead yep. of being stubborn. Zach, the only fly in that ointment is how much can Jeff Driscoll really teach <laughs> Drew Locke? I mean, he's sure. been in the league since 2016. Don't get me wrong. He's got some years under his belt. But similar to what Brandon Allen, who had been in the league this, since 2016 as well, I mean, Drew Locke now has two starts more than Brandon Allen and only three less than Jeff Driscoll. Now, there's still plenty, I'm sure, experience-wise and things Driscoll's picked up from bouncing around the league and playing with different coaches and kind of seeing things from inside different buildings and whatnot that he can pass on. But I just don't want fans to get the wrong idea like the Broncos brought in some, you know, it's not a journeyman like Case Keenum, for example, who's, you know, been in the league 10 years almost or whatever and, and has played with half the league. This is a guy that's still growing in his own right. However, Zach, I think he's his the biggest value he probably presents the Denver Broncos is if something happens to Drew Locke, knock on wood, and you needed someone to step in and serve yeah. as a Band-Aid starter for a week or two, Jeff Driscoll can get that done. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I don't think there's much that Drew Locke can learn because as a prospect, he's just so much more talented, I think, and he has way more upside than Driscoll ever had. But they're both dual threat, I guess, quarterbacks, Shad, in a sense. They both can use their legs. And if anything that Driscoll can impart to Drew Locke, anything, whether it's to throw a tighter spiral, run a little faster, if you can help him become a better quarterback and by association helping the Bronx become a better team, I'm all for it. I just like the fact, though, that he has a veteran backup now who the Broncos feel comfortable with, and he's not going to step on his toes. He's not going to bring headlines in. He's not going to cause any competition or drama. It's the perfect backup, I think, for Drew Luck. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 
Stu jumps in, $10 donation. Appreciate you, bro. So consistent. For Ed, I'm with you as well. We all are, Ed. Anything we can do, like I said, you let us know, bro. The best fans in the country, Chad, and the best listeners of any podcasts around the world. We truly have the best community. You guys are unbelievable. Thank you. It is unbelievable. It is absolutely, we have to pinch ourselves how lucky we are to have you guys each and every podcast. Let's grab what Robert says here. Drew Locke is showing that he has tangibles, not intangibles in quality going up in leadership. I think, Zach, Drew Locke, one of the things that makes him unique and one of the reasons why the Broncos are so excited about him and why they believe they finally found their uh, franchise quarterback is that his tangibles and his intangibles are on a, on a level. You know, he's as he's got as many um, talents from an intangible perspective, leadership, football IQ, swagger, uh, as he does in the actual physical tool chest from that arm to the size to the athleticism. So there's a lot to like about Drew Locke. What he needs now more than anything is just more time on task to incubate and continue to kind of iron out some of those rougher edges, which is what every NFL player has to go through, but especially quarterbacks. They need the reps. And compare that to someone like Paxa Lynch, who had the tangible category pretty much filled out, but literally nothing in the intangible department. And that's a difference. That is why Drew Locke is a potential franchise quarterback. That's why he is already, I believe, the face of the franchise. And that's why players are gravitating to those around him. I'm with Chad, though. He's a natural gunslinger. And those quarterbacks, they, they take a lot of time to begin with. But gunslinging types that are just that shoot from the hip like Drew Locke, they take an extra long bit as well to develop. But he needs just to get the reps, get on the field, get more playing experience and the Broncos will have a very good quarterback for a very long time. Matthew wants to know on Facebook, who is the best of the quarterbacks in last year's draft class Uh, in last year's draft class. That's a, that's an interesting question. I think up to this point, I think Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones and Drew Locke all kind of have a fair claim to who, deserves to be viewed as the best. Honestly, as far as sample size, Kyler Murray started all 16 games. Daniel Jones played very well in his starting opportunities, even though compared to Drew Locke, for example, it didn't translate into wins. With Drew Locke, it didn't translate into many wins for Kyler Murray either. Drew Locke, meanwhile, a little bit, quite a bit smaller sample size, Zach, but significantly, you know, the stats were there and the wins were there. So that's something that I think sets Drew Locke apart you know, we can be a little bit biased. I think there's, you know, not to bog this conversation down with trying to analyze from a scouting perspective the 2019 quarterback class, but I think in terms of one year removed from them hearing their names called in the draft, I think Drew Locke has a pretty solid claim at this stage for saying at least one year in that he is the best quarterback from that class. Well, let me preface it by saying that I think the Cardinals are going to make some noise in 2020. I think they have a shot to maybe win the West, and that's not so bold of a take. I like what they're doing over there in Arizona, but there's no bias when I say this. Drew Locke was my favorite quarterback in last year's class. Before I even knew he was going to the Broncos, I just love his game. I love his arm talent. I love his charisma. I love his attitude. I love his confidence. I love the fact that he's a true student of the game. He loves, lives, and breathes football. I think he will have the best career, and I would say that even if I didn't cover the Broncos, even if I wasn't invested in the Broncos. I just love Drew Locke's skill set and what he brings to the table. I genuinely do believe he will have the best uh, career out of anyone in last year's draft class. We didn't even mention uh, Dwayne Haskins, who, yeah. you know, he, he kind of bounced back toward the end, but he, when he got put in for uh, Case Keenum, man, it was, uh, 
it was pretty horrific most of the time. And of course, yeah. it was not a great supporting cast in Washington, but that's neither here nor there. Brutal Broncos jumps in on YouTube. He says, any word on Derek Wolf? I really want him to stay and feel like it would make us the best D-line in the league easy. Well, it sounds like for now the Broncos are in a holding pattern. They have about $19 million in cap space, so they do have a little bit of wiggle room if they wanted to bring Wolf back. And, you know, as you've seen from some of these contracts, like with Graham Glasgow, you know, they can sign him, get him a signing bonus, and then defer that over multiple years or into the future on the cap. So with a really creative cap and contracts guy like the newly hired Rich Hurtado, anything's possible, Zach. But up to this point, you have to wonder if nothing's happened yet with the Broncos and Derek Wolf. I'm starting to doubt a little bit more. The doubt's seeping in a little bit more that there's a reason the Broncos haven't swooped him up yet. Well, there's a reason why 31 other teams haven't done so as well. So I don't know, based on Derek Wolf's Twitter timeline, if you've been following him on Twitter, he's been tweeting very ominous, cryptic things like uh, things are crazy out there. And I think he tweeted that today. So it seems like he's not getting the interest or the bites on the open market that he thought he was going to get. And it might be one of those things where he takes a deal closer to the draft, especially because teams can't visit with players right now. They can't conduct physicals. All this, the facilities are shut down right now. That impacts someone like Derek Wolf a lot. Then you look at Shelby Harris, though. He's also on the open market. He doesn't have the injury history. We all thought he would get a big deal. So it's surprising that maybe us and the Broncos overvalue their own free agents more than the outside teams did. But, you know, as the draft approaches, it's still a need for the Broncos. He's still on the open market. They can get him back for the cheap. My heart still says that'll happen. But like you just said, any day that goes by, it starts to become a little less of a likelihood. But we have to see how it plays out uh, leading up to the draft next month. If the Broncos had to play football tomorrow, your starting D-line would be Jarrell Casey, Mike Purcell, Draymond Jones. But, you know, there are, there are a few other options. you got Demarcus Walker. you got Joel Heath, who a lot of fans don't even know is on this team. Ex-Houston Texans defensive lineman who the Broncos signed to a futures deal toward the end of the season. Might have been right after the season ended. So there is some depth there, but it's not starter-level depth quite yet, in my opinion. Right. That's why I feel like one more – move and as he was mentioning it could make this one of the better d-lines in the league glenn jumps in on facebook he says uh, good afternoon from melbourne australia wow. football priest state of being and broncos country i hope you're all keeping safe tough times what do you think about us trading next year's picks to take advantage of our needs this year i.e offensive tackle wide receiver interior d-line my faves would be henry ruggs isaiah simmons uh mackie beckton or Houston, Houston. I'm, who's Houston? You talking about the Houston tackle, Jones? I'm not sure who Houston is, but what are your thoughts to that, Zach? I would not trade up for Becton, and I'm kind of wavy about trading up for Ruggs. Simmons is the only player in this draft class I would package picks for and move up. But even then, I'd move up maybe five slots, maybe six slots. I wouldn't give up the farm for Simmons, as much as I like him. This draft class is just too top-heavy at certain spots for the Broncos to give up picks. And uh, they can sit put, stay put and just get a receiver, get a tackle, uh, get a lineman like Kinlaw at 15. I genuinely believe they will have someone fall into their laps if they stay put. So I would not be willing to trade up and just give up picks for the sake of trading. Zero Fox jumps in with the $2 donation on Super Chat. Appreciate you, my friend. Aloha, he says, Broncos country, and to you as well. All right, it just did one of those jumps on me, so bear with me one sec. Super Chat superstar, speaking of, Christy jumps in. $10 donation, so consistent. Rocking that uh, good-looking huddle-up pod hoodie. Go get yourself one of those guys. Christy says, any news on the draft? How are they going to approach things this year? Keep your head up, Broncos country. 
And uh, we absolutely echo that. Stay positive, you guys. And it's not always easy to do when negative things are happening and you've got uh, media that just just feeding you panic headline after headline. But it's going to get better. Stay positive. Zach, the last I heard to answer Christy's question about the draft is that Roger Goodell remains adamant that they're not going to move it back. For what it's worth, John Elway had a sit down on Broncos TV on Wednesday. He said that they would kind of prefer, the Broncos anyway, that the NFL moves it back. Just, you know, give them more time. They want to be able to have all their scouts in the war room at the same time and whatnot. And with the social distancing and with also the right now, of course, until April 12th, the NFL is mandating that all team executives and employees cannot be in the building. So the Broncos in a perfect world, they would like the NFL to move the draft back. But the last I read on it, Zach, is Roger Goodell remains adamant that the draft is going to go off. We just don't quite yet know what that's going to look like because it's not going to you figure it's got to be televised somehow. They're going to have to let some media in on this, even if it's NFL media, but we just don't quite know yet. And I haven't read any other updates beyond Goodell saying it's still going to start April 23rd. I don't want to say the buzzword, but I'm fairly confident that this will slightly dissipate in April. I think we'll have a better April than we had in March. So in that sense, I think the NFL is just playing it by ear and taking every day as it comes. Guns in my hand right now, I don't think it's pushed back. I think they handle something remotely or in studio, something that can minimize contact between individuals. They're not going to lose the opportunity to own that the offseason pretty much. All the sports not in play right now. I still think all the money they lose and it being in Vegas, they're not going to push it back, but they will make major changes to it where it's just a very formal thing. And they'll release the picks and announce the picks on Twitter. Yeah. I mean, if it, it sounds like this thing is going to drag into April a little bit. I mean, even the best case scenario, it's going to drag into April a little bit. Here we are sitting on March 26th. Man, I would love – we our plans to go to the draft and set up and have meet and greet and hang out with you guys. You know, that's obviously uh, in the books. But if they did push it back a little bit, I mean, because they're not even going to be able to do OTAs right now as scheduled, as you know, would be traditionally scheduled. At least it's not looking like that. So why not push it back a little bit and just see if you can buy yourself a window of time to where things improve significantly to where maybe you can open it back up. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Wendy's new French toast sticks are so delicious, some are saying that they're better than their mom's breakfast. Excuse me, did you just say Wendy's new French toast sticks are better than my breakfast? Mom, is that you? Answer the question. I said some people are saying that because they're so crispy on the outside and fluffy on the inside and perfect in every way. Uh Uh-huh. 
And what do you think? I think it's time to tell people to choose wisely. Choose Wendy's new sweet and crispy homestyle French toast sticks. That's still not an answer. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. Dylan jumps in on YouTube. He says, God bless, guys. You're both amazing. Appreciate you, Dylan. You as well. Thank you, Dylan. You're amazing, dog. He says, why has one of the most important positions, off-ball linebacker, not been addressed? Do you think we draft one? Dylan, it's, it's uh, an inconvenient answer for a lot of fans. But frankly, internally, the Broncos don't view the linebacker position as anywhere near the need that fans do externally right. from outside the building. The Broncos feel like if they had to play football tomorrow, they can, they're set up to more than get by with Davis, Todd Davis, and Alexander Johnson as the starting duo with Josie Jewell and Joe Jones rotating in his depth. They feel like they can play football and play some dang good football with that lineup. So, Zach, to answer that question, I do think they will add another linebacker in the draft. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it's going to be a premium round linebacker. I think it's going to be fourth round and beyond. But if they do, you know, third round might be a sweet spot where you can get an Akeem Davis Gaither type coverage linebacker slash box weapon. Fangio and Elway showed their hand last year. They could have had Devin Bush. They could have traded for Darren Lee. They didn't make any moves, and they ended up developing one of their own guys in A.J. Johnson, and now he's the future at the position. As much as I don't like Todd Davis, I'm not a fan of his – he is a great run stopper. He he racks up the tackles. You can win with him. You can get by with a combination of Todd Davis and A.J. Johnson. It's not ideal, but you can win with that. It just seems to me Fangio and Elway don't believe to spending a lot or investing a lot in inside linebacker when they can develop their own. It's confidence in Vic Fangio, and in the sense, I like that because he proved him right with A.J. Johnson last year. I'm with you 100%, Chad. They, they will draft someone. They cannot go into the season with just Josie Jewell as the primary backup. They need a pass covering inside linebacker. We've been saying that as long as we've been potting together, and Broncos fans have been pounding the table for that for years now. They will get a guy, but it's going to be more of a platoon, n- not necessarily Todd Davis being cut and a new guy coming in. It's going to be as some of all their parts with A.J. Johnson being the number one guy there. Well said. James jumps in on YouTube. He says, Prince of Mukamara might be more realistic than Derek Wolf at this stage. It seems like Wolf would probably want more money at this stage, and the cornerback market is kind of being set with the Rhodes move today. What did Rhodes get today? Did you see that? I th- think that- five, one year, five mil. I mean, it's it's a value steal, wow. and the Broncos can get Umukamara right now for something similar to that, and they need to pull the trigger and get cornerback taken care of and go into the draft with one less need. So. We've been wondering, what is it? What is the holdup with Amukamar? Is it a preference? Is it money? I don't know, but he's been on the open market long enough now where you have to wonder if the Broncos are all that interested. Our friend uh, James, a.k.a. DeWalter Drills. <laughs> he's, I, I think I grabbed it, right? Didn't I end up gra- going up and grabbing it? I skipped it, and then I came up back and grabbed it. I want to make sure I'd, I'm not overlooking you, brother. Yeah, I grabbed you. Okay, just want to be sure. Sometimes as you float through these the comment stream, we're grabbing things that are a little bit old in terms of real time. So let me jump down here to the most recent and grab Albert. Jumps in $5 donation. Albert and Michelle Knoppers, appreciate you. Thank you. What about drafting Tyler Hall, excuse me, the cornerback? You know, I'm not that well-versed on Tyler Hall. I'll just be honest with you, Albert. But if you want, let's see, where are we? Thursday night, it's the Mile High Mailbag. If you can hang tight till tomorrow night, you're going to have Dove Valley Deep Divers. And they know, Eric Trickle knows every prospect in this class he can speak with, for the most part, um, confidence and uh, authority on any of those topics. So I would just say keep that one kind of in the bag and circle back tomorrow night, same time as we pod. It's going to be about 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. 
in any specific deep dive type questions. That's what they're there for as it relates to the draft. <clears throat> Nad jumps in $2 donation. Thank Thanks you. for my daily Broncos fix. Hashtag state of being in Pennsylvania. Good to see you. And by the way, uh, you, Nad, were one of the peop- one of the awesome listeners who jumped in on yesterday's fundraiser, and we want to say thanks. Also, so was Matt, $5 donation. Thanks, Matt. Thank you, Matt. He says, thank you for being the highlight of my day these last few weeks. So glad I found MHH, Denver Broncos for life. We're glad you found us too, my friend. Uh, let's get an interesting question here, Zach. I don't know how much you have really studied AJ uh, Epinesa. Now, he's the – Defensive end for Iowa Hawkeyes entering this draft. By and large, he's viewed as a first-round pick. Kenneth wants to know on YouTube, do you think A.J. Epineza is a good replacement for Wolf? Now, up until very recently, up until probably two weeks ago, I would have told you no. He's like, he's a weird tweener that's, you know, is he a stand-up 3-4? Is he a hand in the dirt? Maybe he's best served in a traditional 4-3 defense as a defensive end that's more of a pass rusher. However, listening and talking to Eric Trickle, going back and watching some of his film on YouTube, talking about the player, I'm a little bit more keen to the idea that he can play five-tech defensive end in a 3-4 front, that he can play defensive end on either front. So could he be a good replacement for Wolf? I think he'd be a surprisingly good replacement for Wolf. And Zach, I think this, even though to me it's not the sexiest pick, that's the Broncos sitting at pick 15, that's about where AJ is slotted and expected to go in terms of, you know, middle of the first round. It would not completely surprise me if the Broncos ended up taking him to step in and play defense on that D line. And lest, lest you forget if they have the football IQ like Derek Wolf, you know, usually takes defensive linemen a little time to acclimate to the NFL. Derek Wolf started from day one as a, as a rookie. So who knows? Maybe, maybe AJ could as well. I like him a lot. I, I like his game a lot. He would definitely contribute. He would start. He'd be a good player in Denver. But here's my anticlimactic answer. They shouldn't need to replace Derek Wolf. Just re-sign Derek Wolf. Have a veteran presence on the defensive line because otherwise you're starting youngsters. You're, you got Gerald Casey, but you have Draymond Jones. You have Demarcus Walker. You would have Espinosa. You, you, there's just too many young players. You need that veteran guy to pass the torts. You sign Derek Wolf for a one-year contract, low money, relatively low guarantees, and you could freeze yourself up to go get someone else in the first round. You can trade back for someone like Cushenberry, someone, an offensive lineman, a cornerback, anyone else other than defensive end when you can just bring back one of the two guys on the open market. So would I cry if they got Espineza? No. But would I prefer the Broncos to re-sign Derek Wolf and use that pick for someone else? That's my answer. LeVar wants to know on YouTube, and then we're going to grab Ed's question about Wolf. He says, where would you guys rather have Graham Glasgow playing, right guard or center? Zach, this is one in which my opinion has kind of evolved since the news broke that the Broncos signed him last week. Originally, I thought, you know, when the, for example, you want Ron Leary, Broncos signed him to big money a few years back and then immediately play him out of position. Instead of playing him at left guard, they play him at right guard so that Max Garcia doesn't have to switch positions. And it didn't end up having anywhere close to the level of impact for the team that they anticipated giving him that money. So paying that kind of, you know, you live, you learn, applying that to Glasgow, I'm thinking, well, you know, if he's a center, if he started most of his games last year at center, play him at where he's best. But the thing is about Glasgow guys is he's as good as a left guard as he is a right guard as he is a center. So it really comes down to your backup options. Personally, I'm of the opinion that I would rather have Glasgow starting at center 
and Elijah Wilkinson starting at right guard than Patrick Morris, who's completely unproven and untested in the NFL, starting at center and Glasgow starting at right guard's at. I'm right there with you. A, a big part of the reason why I was okay with the Broncos giving Glasgow $44 million is because you had a right guard in Wilkinson making, what, three for this coming season? So that's super cheap for a starting right guard. And also, I don't want a rookie center working with Drew Locke. I want an experienced guy being the quarterback off the offensive line. I want him being his buoy and not relying on someone inexperienced as well. So my preference, it's not having a choice. I see some comments calling for him to play right guard. I'm going to go with center. I just want that veteran stability, being the one that interacts and touches the football every down, giving it to Drew Locke, hiking it to him, having that rapport. And you have Elijah Wilkinson, who's a much better guard than tackle, super cheap under contract. He knows the system. He can play guard. It's just a, a no-brainer to me. Ed wants to know, if we were to resign Derek Wolf, how much do you think it would take? You know, that's the million-dollar question, Ed, because we're wondering what in the Sam Hill is going on. We know that – Basically, what I had heard is that he was looking for double-digit millions. He was willing to accept short-term. Good luck. He was looking at $10 million because every it's it's in everyone, uh, no matter who you are and what professional landscape you find yourself in, when you go from one job to another, you are expecting a raise. All right, I made thirty grand last year. This next job, I'm getting a, a promotion or whatever. I expect to have, you know, I'm going to make thirty-five. Everyone expects to get a little bit more at the next opportunity. And Derek Wolf made nine million and change in 2019, so he's thinking, oh, I'm going to try and get 10 million. Someone out there is going to pay me. No one is willing to pay him that because of his injury history and the fact that he's now over 30. So, getting back to the specific question of what it would take, Zach, I'm thinking he's going to have to take probably a two or three million dollar haircut based on what he made last year. I think five six million is probably pushing it, and he's going to have to take that as kind of a prove it. See how much gas he has left in the tank. Prove it out on the grass in 2020. Live to fight another day next spring when there's not a crisis going on across the fruited plain and he can travel around and engage with team doctors and do what he needs to do. If that's the case and Derek Wolf is really overrated his value and is holding out for a specific dollar figure, it's a little tone deaf on his part, which is surprising because he's so refreshingly honest. He 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 gives everything with a realistic point of view and doesn't really gas you up or give you platitudes or anything like that. The most I would do for Derek Wolf at this point, who has no leverage anymore on the open market, I mean, it's either, you know, we want you or you're going to be out of a team for this coming season. I would do two years, 14 mil. I would guarantee about half of that and the rest he, he can earn escalators and build built-in incentives. I think that's fair for both sides. It's I, multi- I, I think that would be fair. Multi-year deal. It shows a little commitment. It gives him a little payday and allows him to hit the open market one more time and is in his still young 30. So that's a fair solution all the way around. And I don't know why he wouldn't take that. That's assuming the Broncos offered that. So we just don't know the full story. Our friend George, Super Chat Superstar, who contributed also to yesterday's fundraiser. Some bad news on his side. He got laid off from work as well. Jumps in $10 donation. You didn't Thank have you, to do that, George. No. Um, he says the silver lining in all of this is I can watch every night as opposed to just Sundays. Keep up the good work, guys. George, uh, you know, that's something that came across the newswire today is that in the last week, over three million jobs have been lost across the United States because of what's going on. So the federal government and Congress, they are acting. And again, I want to remind anyone listening to this podcast, whether you're live or you're listening to this after the fact as just a downloadable podcast, make sure you know what your resources for help are in this time. This $2 trillion package that just got passed by Congress was made for you. So make sure you reach out to your unemployment um, office, your local unemployment, and get that ball rolling. 
And there's also money that's supposed to be coming directly to you by what they say, Zach. I think it's twelve hundred mm-hmm. for the individual. If you're a family of four, you can get it's going to be upwards of like three thousand bucks. Just a check that's going to be showing up to your door. So hang in there. And based on what we're hearing, things are going to be turning very soon. We know the president wants everyone to get back to work as soon as possible. So stay positive, George. Our thoughts and prayers are with you. And if Zach and I can do anything, reach out to us. Yeah. And don't feel like you have to donate, George, or anybody else for that matter. Take care of yourself right now. Take care of your families. Put that money you know, on the on the food table. Put it in your fridge right now. Buy toilet paper. Buy hand sanitizer. Just you know, don't worry and just plug into us and let us be your escape. And hopefully we can provide some entertainment on that on that end. Joseph Carson jumps in also on Super Chat with a $5 donation. We appreciate you, Joseph. Denard pulled a Josh McDaniels. Uh, Darquez Denard, he's the cornerback formerly of the Cincinnati Bengals, ex-first-round pick. Is that an option to look at? Contract wasn't too high. I think, honestly, this is one of those players, Zach and I, we don't share a brain on. I think Denard would be a good Fangio corner playing, you know, a guy that can sit back. He's, he doesn't have the length that you that's you need for like press man coverage corner. He's a little bit shorter. I think he's 5'10", 5'11", something like that. He's more of the type, but he's still physical. He's a guy that can play, play zone, break on the ball, use his eyes, use his instincts, and he's a pretty sound tackler. However, Zach, as much as I say that, the flip side of that coin is he underperformed as a first-round pick in Cincinnati. So it would it would be taking a chance on somebody trying to basically a reclamation project. Yeah, his deal, I believe it was with the Jaguars that got vetoed today, not because of a physical, uh, because of money. I think there was a disconnect there. I still don't like the guy. It's not in terms of his ability or what he brings to the table. He just can't stay healthy. He has a long injury history, and I wouldn't want the Broncos to bring that in when they already have Bryce Callahan, you know, barely existing in that defensive backfield right now. So Amukamara, to me, is still the best bet for a veteran cornerback. He can come in. He knows the system. He's healthy. He knows Fangio. It's just a no-brainer. I don't know why the Broncos aren't jumping right now. Also, last thing, too, that that I just was reminded from what I watched today on the press conference from uh, Washington is they increased benefits for unemployment. So make sure if that's what's been served up to you out there and you're one of those millions who've who've lost their job due to what's going on right now, you go to your local unemployment office, get the ball rolling on that today, like ASAP. Buana wants to know, do you guys see both Cushenberry, Lloyd Cushenberry, the LSU center, and... Cesar Ruiz, the Michigan center, being gone by pick 15 in round two. I think one of them will be gone. Yeah. I don't know that both of them will be gone because there are a lot of other positions that you're you're going to see a run on quarterbacks. You're going to see a run on wideouts. You'll see a run on tackles. You'll see a run on corners. Where these guys ultimately fit in, I'm not exactly sure. I think one of them will be gone, but it's not outside the bounds of the possible that both of them will be. But if you could get one of them, I mean, no one expected Dalton Reisner to be there in round right. two for the Broncos last year. So if you could get one of those two at in, in the second round, there's your starting center. Boom, you got Glasgow right guard. Dang, your offensive line just took a massive step forward this offseason. I'm with you all all the way around on that, Chad. I, I do believe Cushion Mary will go in the late first round, and someone like Ruiz will go in the early second round. A lot of teams need a center, including the Cowboys, who just had their Pro Bowl center retire. So those guys might get snatched up. But if they do fall to the second round, the Broncos didn't take an offensive lineman at 15. I'm all for it as well. You cannot have too many starters right now for Drew Locke in 2020. Duke Rose jumping in, letting us know Mile High Huddle wasn't popping up for some reason. And this is one of those things that we've been hearing. We Zach and I think it's because of some of the subject matter. I'm going to use, I'm not going to use, I should say, the little catch word. We all know what's plaguing this country right now because we've been using that word and talking about it openly. 
uh, it's docking us in rankings. And long story short, we're aware of it. The best thing, Duke, is I don't know if you're on Twitter, but just while – and also, for what it's worth, our streaming service reached out to me today. Zach, I haven't even had a chance to tell Zach this, and let us know that if we are experiencing any interruptions, it's because the big social media sites like YouTube, which is a social media site – Facebook, Twitter, some of them are experiencing outages because of how many people are chilling at home right now mm-hmm. with nothing to do. They're on the internet yeah. and the demand is crashing these some of these social. Now, you know, they get back up as quick as they go down, but some of these it's it's creating some bugs, it's creating some kinks, and I think that's affecting things as well, Duke, while you're not easily just logging onto Twitter or uh, YouTube, scrolling through your news feed and seeing us there, or even if you go straight to the channel. The best thing to do is if you are on Twitter, is make sure you follow at Huddle Up Pod because we tweet the YouTube link for the chat and for this each about twice before each podcast. So you can just follow the link, boom, and you're in the room. You don't need to search. You don't need to find it. That's the best thing to do, Zach. Yeah, and uh, two words to add on to that, information suppression. All yeah. I'm going to say. All right, let's see what else we've got here. Uh Robert wants to know what players you want for the third round. We'll take a few more and then we'll get out of here for tonight. You know, there are a few options out there. I'm thinking, honestly, the jump to mind out of the gates, even though I'm saying that I think the Broncos, when they go linebacker, they're probably going to go a little bit later in the draft than the third round. But some of the sweet spot linebackers that I like for this yeah. team are about that third round range. Um Akeem Davis Gaither from Appalachian State is probably number one for me. Logan Wilson from Wyoming. Uh, the kid from CU, what's his name? Uh, Devion, Davion Taylor. There are a few options like that out there. There will be some offensive line options that are solid. There might even be one or two corners. I'm guessing there's going to be some wide receivers. Like even, I don't know, Denzel Mims might not last anymore into the third round. He's probably going to end up going in round two. But it might push a guy like Brandon uh, Ayuk from Arizona State down. There will be some legit options in the third round. It just depends to me where the Broncos go in round one and two. I mean, if they go wide receiver, offensive line, then I think they can target defensive line. I think they get maybe a safety, a third safety behind uh, Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson, a cornerback. I was going to say running back before they signed Melvin Gordon. That would have been a good spot for them the third, fourth round, but not anymore, obviously. So, yeah, I'm going somewhere on defense. I'll say inside linebacker or defensive line, depending on where they go in the first two rounds. All right, let's see what else we got here. Black Knight 232 says, I just I just rather trade for Trent Williams since we've got the cap group for him. Guys, we've been Black Knight, by the way. Oh, and you got a super chat jumps in as well. $20. Appreciate you. Oh, thank Black you. Man. Felt bad that last night I didn't donate for the cause. No. Uh, you're fine, man. We all made an impact. I mean, Zach and I are able to match the donations because of what guys like you, Black Knight, and everybody else contribute to the channel on the regular. So one way or another you have contributed to what we did yesterday for the foundation. So we appreciate you. But Zach, getting back to the idea of Trent Williams, as you guys know, I love the idea, but I don't think the Broncos are worried about their tackles, to be honest with you. They didn't pursue. There were some options out there, you know, backup swing guys. Mike Remmers was one of them. I honestly just don't think they're as concerned about tackles, similarly to linebacker. They're not as – the internal view is not as extreme as the outside view. And I think that they might end up drafting one, but they're not going to give up a first or second round pick to go grab Trent Williams, even though, you know, when he's healthy and on the field, he's arguably the best left tackle in the game. 
Well, let's look at it right now. The Broncos either don't have a starting center, they don't have a starting right guard, and you want the Broncos to go out and spend, he wants $20 million a year, Trent Williams, and give up a second-round pick on top of that for a tackle, which the Broncos already have. And I wasn't on board with it before, but definitely not now. They don't have that much cap space to throw around that has to be devoted to rainy day funds, giving Simmons his long-term extension, signing the draft class. You can't afford Trent Williams. It's a luxury right now. Would he help this team out if he was healthy? Yes, but he's just too expensive. He's too unreliable. He He's kind of a volatile player. I'd love to have him, but they have other needs right now. Center or right guard takes precedent over a backup tackle or a swing guy. Agreed. Robert wants to know, isn't Logan Ryan the linebacker? No. Now, that's it's easy to confuse him. Logan Ryan is the veteran cornerback, played for the Tennessee Titans this past season, former expatriate. Logan Wilson is the linebacker from Wyoming. So just to get those two straight. Um, all right, let me see what else we've got here, guys. Bear with us for one second here. Oh, Jeff jumps in. Also contributed last night. Appreciate you, Jeff. $5 donation. He says, Thank you, Jeff. You guys think we will retain Wolf? Also, what is your gut feeling on Shermer's offense being dynamic and evolved to compete with today's offense? Jeff, I don't know if you missed it. We've talked quite a bit about Wolf. My overall feeling up to this point is that, you know, the farther we get into this new league year without Wolf re-signing, the less I think it's likely to happen. Now, I still have a glimmer of hope. I still think that Wolf is probably being stubborn and holding out because he didn't get what he hoped interest-wise from outside teams, and he's chalking it up to what's going on in our country right now. And I think he's probably hoping and expecting that when that dies down and things open back up, he's going to be able to travel travel around to teams, get him, you know, undergo physicals, let people look at his neck, his elbow and everything, and that the deals will flow I wouldn't be surprised. Now, I don't, I'm not telling you this because I've been told this myself by anybody in the know. I'm just telling you, I think I wouldn't be surprised, I should say, if the Broncos, in terms of the relationship, the Broncos have shown maybe a little bit more interest in bringing him back than Wolf has shown interest in resigning. He's still wanting to hold out. Now, I don't know that, but I still think there's a chance, Zach, just you can't count on it. And at this point, there's a reason why he hasn't resigned with Denver. We know why he hasn't signed elsewhere. It's because he can't get a physical. But the Broncos know what his physical right. or his his medical jacket is. They're they're the ones that have been treating him since 2012. So that's not a question for the Broncos. It, it might be a concern for the Broncos, but it's not a question. Um, Zach, your answer for Shermer's offense being more dynamic and evolved to compete with today's offense. Well, it's going to be more vertical for one. It's going to take advantage of having a young, you know, franchise strong arm quarterback. It's going to be more dynamic, be more in tune, and be more what we thought we were getting last year with Rich Gangarello. So I'm excited about Shermer and what he brings to the table, him being a quarterback whisperer for Drew Locke. Obviously, help having a, a workhorse, quote-unquote, and Melvin Gordon, and like you had with Saquon Barkley last year, that should help. They'll have two great receivers on the outside. They have Noah Fant at tight end. So I think it'll be more dynamic, more explosive, and lead to more points and more yards for the Broncos' offense, which in turn will lead to more victories for Denver as well. Dennis, appreciate the super chat donation, my friend. Thank you. That is awesome. Uh, let's grab David here. He says, what do you guys think of Tyler Biotish? I finally learned, figured out, how to pronounce that name, by the way, Beatish out of Wisconsin. It's really bizarre because this was a center prospect going into the 2019 college season that was widely viewed uh, viewed as a surefire guaranteed lockdown first round pick in 2020, but he didn't have a great final season for the Badgers. And now he's viewed as more of a day two prospect. Like he ends up going probably late second round, early third round. He's honestly a guy that's on the table for Denver in the second round, Zach. 
Yeah, for sure. I'd be a great value pick, similar to the Reisner pick last year. I wouldn't obviously take him in the first round. I would take other players over him like Cushenberry, but if you can get him in the second round, the third round especially, I'd pull the trigger on that. Yeah, and I agree. Cushenberry and Ruiz are both superior options, in my opinion, for center. Yeah. But Biotis is, you know, I mean, he's not chopped liver. He's a really good, smart offensive lineman that would upgrade. Put it this way, he'd be a better center option out of the gates than Pat Morris. Yes. Uh, Kenneth wants to know what other speedy receivers are out there if we miss on rugs. I'll tell All you, of them. <laughs> there are, there's a lot of speed, but the guy I like specifically is Denzel Mims from Baylor. Yeah, I mean, C.D. Lamb, I mean, uh, Rager, uh, you can go down the list. Uh, Justin Jefferson, there's so many speedy receivers in this draft class. So if Ruggs is off the board, Jerry Judy as well, if Ruggs is off the board, that's why I'm saying there's a great probability one of those aforementioned guys will fall to the Broncos at 15. As much as I love Ruggs, it's just dumb giving up draft picks when you can still get a speedy option who's comparable in talent. Mr. I Bleed Broncos himself jumps back in. $5 donation on Super Chat. Appreciate you, Jay Bone. He says, if we started today, who is our starting O-line with Glasgow as right guard? Heard a name mentioned, but for the life of me, can't remember. Hashtag greatest fans in the world. Amen to that. All right, so it looks like this. If the Broncos had to play ball tomorrow and Glasgow's your right guard, it goes Garrett Bowles at left tackle, Dalton Reisner left guard, centers Patrick Morris. Right guard, Glasgow. Right tackle, Juwan James. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, aside from Patrick Morris, that's a pretty solid offensive line on paper. And I'm excited about the ends this year with Mike Munchak. I think Garrett Bowles hopefully will be a little more consistent and Juwan James will stay healthy. But to me, you got to find a competent right guard and you got to put Glasgow at center, if only to buoy Drew Log. So we'll have to see what configuration they have coming out of the draft next month. Edward, you don't have to do that, bro. Ed. Broncos country is absolutely a state of being. It is not a geographic location. It is not limited to Denver and Colorado. It is a state of being. And you just, we love you, Ed. You don't have to do that. We appreciate you. And when I say if there's anything we can do to help out, I mean that. So let us know if there's anything we can do to help you out, Ed, anything at all. Just, uh, you know how to get in touch with me. You know how to get in touch with Zach. Let us know, my friend. We appreciate you. Hang in there as well. Yes. David jumps back in $5 donation. Appreciate Thank you, David. David. What do you guys think of the center? So we already grabbed that. Okay. So we grabbed it before his super chat. Or did I already grab that one? Was that the one? No, I thought it was one that wasn't a super chat. But anyway, I want to make it, sure I'm not going crazy. It was two different questions. All right. Robert wants to know, how about Shelby Harris? Could get him far, <laughs> for a large pizza. Don't know if he is picked up currently. No. Now, we all know why Derek Wolf's sitting out there. It is really curious. Yeah, that's surprising. It's a mystery. No one really knows. The only explanation, Zach, is that Shelby Harris overestimates his own value and worth. In other words, he's seeking more money than outside teams have been willing to pay yeah. him. And, you know, right before free agency opened, he hired a new agent, which is a powerhouse, arguably the number one agent, Drew Rosenhouse, is who he hired. He and Todd France are probably the two biggest big dogs in the agent business. Yep. And you think, oh, wow, he's about to get paid. It hasn't paid dividends for him yet, Zach. So he's still out there. From what I've been told, though, coming back to the Broncos is almost guaranteed not to happen. I'm shocked, not just that he's still on the open market, but it seemed like the Patriots wouldn't jump to pick him up. I mean, he fits a Bill Belichick prospect perfectly. He can do so many things on the defensive line. He can impact, you know, impact games and make plays. 
I just think, though, there was that rumor tying him to Indianapolis, Chad, and once they got to Forrest Buckner and, and they pulled out of that sweepstakes, there's been no other suitors for Shelby Harris's services, and I'm shocked at that. He may not be uh, a, you know, a, a Nick Bosa, but he's definitely worthy of a, of a multi-year contract with a fair amount of money up front, so it's just surprising to me. I guess he did overvalue himself, and if Rosenhaus can't get you paid, then that's a major red flag. I mean, again, the thing to keep in mind about Shelby Harris is last year was his only real full season as a starting player in the NFL. So it's understandable. And he didn't have a great season. He finished a heck of a lot better than he started, but he didn't have a great season. So it's understandable that outside teams are going to be a little bit skeptical of paying him top dollar as far as the defensive line market goes. Black Knight about the Twitch page. So Honestly, aside from setting up the account, I haven't spent much time on Twitch. I, I'm not a big gamer myself, so I'm not even that familiar with exactly all the widgets and tools that are available on Twitch, but I'll take a look at that. He's saying that it's blank. So I'll check it out and see what I can do, my friend. Um, all right, let's see what else we've got here. Mark from Kansas on YouTube says, I would like to see us draft Jalen Rager out of TCU. He didn't run fast at the combine, but he plays faster on the field. You know, he did run surprisingly slow at the combine. And when I say slow, it's not like he was running in the fives or anything. But it's everyone I've talked to attributes it to his weight gain. He ended up showing up well over 200 pounds at the combine mm. when it's believed that his playing weight at TCU is low 190s. So that's going to slow down anybody, and especially a twitchy wide receiver. I really like Jalen Rager as well. I don't like him in the first round. If he's there in the second round and you didn't take a wide receiver in the first round, he's a guy I would consider absolutely. To me, I, I find a lot of bust potential with him, though. I, I, he's a very high-risk, high-reward guy. He can either be a superstar or he can be a bust, and I, I want more of a sure thing. And among the, among the big five receivers in this draft class, I like Mims more than Rager. So I wouldn't cry if he was a second-round pick, but I wouldn't prefer it either. i go for Justin Jefferson or I hope for Denzel Mims, or I would go in the first round with someone like CeeDee Lamb, Judy, or Henry Ruggs. All those receivers, to me, are better than Rager. It's just my own personal feeling. George wants to know, <clears throat> excuse me, I really hope we go offensive line at pick 15. Way too many great receivers to grab in the second round. That's still how I feel, George. Like, it, I don't know. It's such a deep wide receiver class. I think you can get by if the right players there, offensive line, defensive line, corner. I mean, heaven forbid, Isaiah Simmons. There are going to be some options. And even though CeeDee Lamb is a future superstar, so is Jerry Judy, as is Henry Ruggs. I think there are other wide receivers who are close to that that you can get on day two, um, et cetera. But let's grab this one real quick, Zach. What do you guys think of Davis Gaither? Where is he projected to go? This is the Appalachian State linebacker we've talked quite a bit about. And he's a guy that uh, Eric Trickle turned on to me, and I've spent a lot of time checking him out. I'm a big fan of Davis Gaither. I think he's, you know, he started the pre-draft process as basically having almost zero draft profile but he's closed the gap and I wouldn't be surprised. Like I could actually see him going on in the second round. I don't think it'll happen, but probably third round is the sweet spot at, at the soonest that he ends up going, maybe fourth round, Zach. Yeah, the third round, I start to consider him, but the fourth round, I'm really heavily weighing, pulling the trigger and getting him on board. I, I do like what he brings to the table, and he, he's doing a lot of help for his stock right now, and those are the best times to do it. And uh, you always want to take advantage of those players and when they get hot to kind of snatch them up. So would not mind in the middle rounds. There's still a chance, but the Roger Goodell spoke to this issue this week. And right now the plan is the draft stays April 23rd and um, no, no fans, 
limited, if any, media. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how they end up doing that. But, but yeah, the draft's staying for now. But John Elway wants it moved back, but we'll see what happens. Tony jumps in on YouTube. Hey, man, been listening for a while. What Bronco do you want to bring back right now? Well, of the ones that are still sitting out there, Devontae Booker, Adam Gotsis, we've already talked about Derek Wolf and Shelby Harris, Casey Kreider, trying to think if there's anyone else, Theo Riddick. Of that group, I'm still all about Derek Wolf, and I don't really have an interest in bringing back anybody else besides Derek Wolf. Yeah, among the group going into free agency, I, I would have added Connor McGovern in there as well, but obviously he's he signed elsewhere now. So yeah, among the only players on the open market still, it's bring back Derek Wolf and then you know go to the draft with those needs pretty pretty short up. Let's stomp on this now. Listen, Eric, I'm not trying to clown your question because I've received a lot of questions about this, and there have been myriad articles written across the internet these last few days, especially about James Winston or Cam Newton being a good fit for the Broncos. Let me tell you something. For the Denver Broncos, they did not sniff Tom Brady. And if they're not going to sniff Tom Brady, there's only one reason, and it's because they are utterly in love with and believe in Drew Locke. If they didn't even sniff Tom Brady, you think they're going to go after James Winston or Cam Newton? I mean, I hope not. <laughs> it's not going to happen. I'm just telling you, it's not going to happen, and I don't think it should happen. You know, they, the, the Denver Broncos have wandered the QB desert now since – uh, Super Bowl 50, and they finally found their guy. They did it the hard way. They paid their dues. They took their licks. I mean, it's the the worst three-year three, ga- three year stretch in franchise history. They mm-hmm. paid the price, and now they finally found the guy that they can climb out of the cellar with, as John Elway said, bounced off the bottom. You want to screw that up by bringing in Jameis Winston, who threw 30-something picks last year, and Cam Newton, who can't stay healthy and is a far – he's a fraction of the player he was in 2015 right. when he won MVP. So – Absolutely not. And they're both very talented players, both former number one overall picks themselves in their respective draft classes. But the Broncos found their guy. Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Plus, can you imagine the distractions and the headlines that would come if they picked up Cam Newton? I mean, just his hieroglyphics alone, what how he types. I mean, just the messages he sends. He's a very um, mercurial player. I don't want him. I don't want Jameis Winston with his baggage and his background. They finally have their franchise quarterback. And if there's one good thing to come from the, the Joe Flacco era, it's that it forced Elway to look himself in the mirror and say, I can't do it anymore. I can't live this way. I can't operate my football team this way. I need a young franchise guy. And that enabled him to go out and get Drew Locke. So no more of that. No more Band-Aids. No more retreads. No more Reynolds. They have their young hotshot. They have a backup now in Jeff Driscoll. No quarterbacks. They're fine. All right, guys. Last one, and then we're going to get out of here for tonight. As always, great conversation. We we love these Mile High Mailbags and every podcast we get to talk to you guys and hang out and answer questions and react. Cody wants to know, why is Justin Jefferson, the LSU wide receiver, not getting the attention he deserves? I honestly think that you're right. It's kind of curious. The only explanation that he's not getting the, that attention from the outside, from draftnik community, is because it's such a deep class. Yep. But I think it'll come out in the wash the opposite. I think internally NFL teams like him, and he, you're going to see him go probably top 50, and then you're not going to wonder why he didn't get the cred that he deserved. I mean, I think he's a top 50 player and he'll end up going 
somewhere around there. Zach. He's a victim of circumstances right now in this historically deep draft class. If this was any other class, he would have been the wide receiver three, wide receiver two. He would have been one of the best wide receiver prospects. But because Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, all these other players are in this class with him, it kind of dilutes the whole pool a little bit. So it's just bad luck for him. But some team, whether it's the Broncos or another team, will be getting a very good player in Justin Jefferson. I like his game a lot. Our awesome listeners, Ed, James, Geo, those of you who haven't mentioned it but might either have already lost your job or worried that it might happen, keep the faith, stay positive, stay optimistic, know what your options are, know where to go for help, know where to go for the unemployment. No one wants to go on that. We all, I mean, we understand it, but times like this, I mean, it's literally the biggest outlier in the history of Western civilization, and it will pass, but just make sure you know where to get your help. And of course, anything Zach and I can do, we're always down and happy to do it. Yes. So reach out to us and we will take care of that. Terry Randall. <laughs> that's awesome. That's all, that's all I got to say, dog. It's awesome. All right, guys, that's got to do it for today's episode of the Huddle Up podcast. As always, thanks to each and every one of you for joining us and participating in the conversation in the community. And a mile high salute to our Super Chat superstars. We appreciate each and every one of you. And make sure you're following the show on Twitter, guys, at HuddleUpPod. That's how you stay plugged in. If you're not seeing the uh, these podcasts come up on YouTube, make sure you're following the show on Twitter because we tweet the link itself out before each and every show. And worst case scenario is you hang out till you see that link. Boom, you follow it in. You're there. You don't have to search for it. At HuddleUpPod. While you're at it, make sure you also follow Mile High Huddle. And just a friendly reminder, head on over to HuddleUpPod. When you get some time, huddleuppod.com, get your swag on, grab yourself a hat, grab yourself a hoodie, shirt, T-shirt. You've got uh, – what was it you just added? Uh, tank top. That's right, tank tops. So a little something for everybody, male, female, go check that out. And also, guys, make sure you're following my partner on Twitter, at KelbermanNFL, myself, at Chad and Jensen. And then, guys, stay tuned because Zach and I, we're going to take Friday and Saturday off. We'll be back in the saddle Sunday night, 615 Mountain, 815 Eastern. Meanwhile, you'll get two episodes of Dove Valley Deep Divers live Friday night, 6 uh, six Mountain, 8 Eastern, and the same on Saturday, 6 Mountain, 8 Eastern. So stay tuned for that and hang in there, guys. Stay optimistic. And Zach, have a great weekend, bro. You as well, Chad. Enjoy your self-isolation if you're doing that, if you're staying at home, and uh, be sure to wash your hands. And Ed, Geo, everyone else, uh, just know that this tide is going to turn. I know it sounds like a platitude. It sounds like a cliche, but things will get better. I genuinely believe for now we've seen the worst of this, and it will incrementally go back to normal, and hopefully financially as well. You'll see some normalcy as well. So we definitely appreciate from the bottom of our hearts every donation, every comment, every interaction, but just know, keep your head up, keep your chin up. Things will turn. And for what it's worth, listen, this isn't about picking a political party or candidate, but the president of the United States says the return, the the bounce back is going to be a V. All right. We dip down. That's where we're at right now. And that the response here very soon is going to skyrocket back up. So it was the best economy in the history of the United States. And I think because of that, because it was humming, you know, this was an artificial thing out of left field that crashed everything. It's not anything that has to do with the economy itself. It's literally governments telling people to stay home. That's why all of a sudden jobs are drying up on people. So yeah. as soon as that gets lifted, guys, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be back to normal, I think, relatively quickly. But keep your chin up, guys. We'll see you Sunday night, 615 Mountain, 815 Eastern, 
For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll talk to you guys then. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.